Welcome to the City Temple live stream. This is just one part of our Sunday worship gathering. If you'd like to join us for our whole service via Zoom, then email us at info at city-temple.com. We are so blessed and so privileged, so honored to hear the word of the Lord being preached today by Pastor Rod. The joy of, there we go, the joy of technology. There's always one thing or another that come up. So we're going to read from uh, uh, Psalm 28, then Ezekiel 13, and finally 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Before we read, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you that we can trust it. I thank you that you speak to us through it, and I pray that you do that today. Let your Holy Spirit rest on me as I bring your word to your people boldly and faithfully to the glory and honor of Jesus. For we pray all this in his name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 28, we're going to read the whole thing. It's a psalm of David. To you, O Lord, I call. My rock, be not deaf to me, lest... If you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward, because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the works of his hands. He will tear them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song, I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Then to Ezekiel 13. Ezekiel writes, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, Prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are prophesying and say to those who prophesy from their own hearts, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Your prophets have been like jackals among ruins. O Israel, you have not gone up into the breaches or built a, up a wall for the house of Israel, that it might stand in the battle 
in the day of the Lord. They have seen false visions and lying divinations. They say, declares the Lord, when the Lord has not sent them, and yet they expect him to fulfill their word. Have you not seen a false vision and uttered a lying divination? Whenever you say, you have said, declares the Lord, although I have not spoken. And then finally, flip over to 1 Corinthians, great passage I use frequently, chapter 1. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. May God bless to us these readings from his holy word. Well, you know, the, the time that I went through, I remember when I woke up after five weeks under uh, in a coma, I guess, with uh, the tracheotomy. They'd taken that out, I think, by that time, but you can still hear the laryngitis. By the way, keep praying for me on that laryngitis that might be healed. You know, the first thing, I just tried to listen for the Lord. And it was funny, uh, about a month ago, we didn't ask anything on Sunday night, and a couple of people asked me, you know, while you were under, did you get a lot of dreams or visions from the Lord? You know, did you hear God speaking or things like that? And, and I think people were disappointed when I said, well, no. You know, I think a lot of people expected, you know, that maybe I'll have great angelic visitations and this kind of thing. But I have to tell you, it was actually worse than that. Because after I woke up, I wasn't hearing anything at all. I talked to God, uh, but God wasn't talking to me. And that's very strange for me. In fact, throughout the time that I was in the hospital, uh, I heard God very, very little. Uh, in fact, I'm not sure how much I was hearing God at all, although it's interesting. I mean, a couple of the sermons that I've been preaching have been coming from the Lord, so I know he's still there. I know he's still speaking, but you know, I've been asking God a lot of questions about the future of the church, about the future of the UK, and things like that. And, and God's not been speaking at all. I know I, I haven't heard anything. Uh, I've asked the Lord about the building redevelopment and what's going to happen with that. By the way, 
be praying because this week is going to be very important for that. Uh, negotiations and talks continue behind the scenes, and we spent a lot of time on that. But I've not gotten any clear guidance from God. I've been kind of afraid to do anything, but, uh, but you know, I've, I've just not heard a lot. And, uh, and I know that that happens to all of us. You know, throughout my life, I've continually heard God fairly consistently, but there's been periods where I haven't heard God. And so it's, it can be very distressing, especially if you're used to hearing the Lord. What do I do if I'm not hearing God, if I don't think he's speaking? What happens when God seems silent? And that's a big issue that we need to deal with as Christians. What happens when God seems silent? What do we do when it doesn't seem like we're hearing the voice of the Lord? Now understand, people hear God in different ways. For my life, most of the time, when I hear God speaking, I hear him speak in sentences in my mind. Now, I know some people have heard the audible voice of God. Uh, some people hear God through angelic visitations. By the way, all of these are biblical. Some people get a word. Some people have dreams. Uh, hopefully, not often when I'm preaching do you have dreams, but some people have dreams. Some people have visions. Uh, and some people have impressions. Uh, so God speaks to us in a lot of different ways. So understand that, that he's not necessarily going to speak to you like he speaks to me. But we will all go through times when it doesn't seem like God's saying much of anything. So what do we do when God seems silent? And I want to offer three things today that I think are very, very important for you. Uh, by the way, if you have any questions as I'm going through my talk today, one of the things I want to start doing is giving time for Q&A, question and answer. So if you have a question, go on the chat feature of Zoom and put your question in the chat feature. Uh, when we resume in-person worship, hopefully as soon as the weather warms up, we'll get back in the building here. I can tell you it's pretty cold right now. Uh, that uh, we'll have the microphone open for that too. But I want to start doing that a little bit more. So if you have a question, pop it up on the chat feature, and we'll see how much time we have at the end. But hopefully I'll have time for at least to answer at least one or two questions. So I want to suggest to you three things that are really important. Number one, when God seems silent, don't make the mistakes that most people make. Don't make the common mistakes that I have seen Christians make time after time over more than three decades of ministry. The first mistake, don't assume anything. I tell you all the time, God seems silent. And so Christians start saying, oh, well, there's something wrong with me. Oh, I must have sinned in some way. I don't know what it is, but there must be some sin in my life. 
there must be some problem with me. Don't assume that that's the case. Don't do it. At the same time, don't assume that everything is okay and that you haven't done anything wrong. Because sometimes God is silent just to be silent, but sometimes God is silent because we haven't done, because we've done something wrong or we haven't been obedient to him. You know, I've, Karen and I have been married for a lot of years, but I can tell you the time when I knew that I could marry Karen. And obviously it was before we got married. But we were driving to university. We were going to check out a university, and we were driving there together, and we were in the car, and probably for 30 to 45 minutes, maybe an hour, we were quiet. We weren't talking, and it felt okay. And I thought, you know, I could marry this woman. It wasn't our conversation that really was the final convincing. It was the fact that we could be silent together and still be comfortable together. You know, sometimes God just wants to sit with you in silence. And so he's not going to talk. Sometimes he's not talking because he doesn't want you to do a bunch of stuff. He just wants you to sit and rest a bit. And then sometimes, you know, uh, I can often tell too in my marriage that if Karen is strangely quiet with me and she gets a certain look on her face, I can tell I've done something wrong. You know, I might not even be aware of it, but I can tell, you know how that is. You know, we all have that. I'm the same way. Uh, sometimes, though, uh, I, I just, I get a bad look on my face just to have a bad look on my face. Uh, but that's another story entirely. Uh, but the big point here, don't make assumptions. When God's silent, don't make assumptions. But I tell you, if you have done something wrong, if you ask him, he'll tell you. And then you can repent. A second common mistake is... Uh, our second thing we do here to make, not make the common mistakes, we need to avoid God's substitutes are those claiming to speak for God. One of the things that happens so often, pardon me, is when God's silent, what do people do? They start running to God's substitutes. You know, they go on YouTube and they start looking at all these preachers and they listen to a dozen different preachers. Or they go and they look at some of these YouTube documentaries. Uh, there's a situation that I really want to warn people about. I've labeled it. I'm calling it YouTube-itis. YouTube-itis. Uh, and I have seen marriages destroyed. I have seen people walk away from their faith, walk away from their church, because they're watching too much on YouTube. And just because somebody has the wherewithal to have a good-looking documentary up on YouTube 
doesn't mean it's from God. Sometimes it's from the devil. You know, Paul says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And right now, all over the internet, there are heresies galore. There are people who have big churches, who have big ministries, who are speaking heresy, that which is not true. And I have seen people listen, watch these documentaries, listen to these speakers, and the end result is they leave their husband, they leave their wife, they leave their church, they leave Jesus. And we got to watch out for this. Don't go running. If God's silent, don't go running to everybody that claims to be a prophet and think that they're speaking for the Lord. Because the situation that Ezekiel was prophesying into exists today. There are a lot of people out there who have established prophetic ministries who are not hearing from God, they're listening to their own heart. Or they're listening to what other people are saying. So be careful. Avoid God's substitutes or those claiming to speak for God, especially if you feel God is being silent for you. Because that's when you are vulnerable to being led astray. And then the third common mistake, and gosh, it is so common. I see it all the time, even today. Don't forsake meeting together with God's people. When God is silent, I've seen so many people, they walk away from the church. They walk away from hanging out with God's people, and that is foolishness. When God is silent, you need to be with your brothers and sisters in Christ even more, not less. So don't make these mistakes. Don't make assumptions. Don't go to God's substitutes or just watch YouTube videos or prophets and don't forsake meeting with God's people. So don't make the common mistakes. But then we need to keep doing, number two, keep doing what you need to hear God. Keep doing the things that you need to hear God when he speaks. And the same is true in a marriage. You know, if we're silent, that doesn't mean we close ourselves. You know, if Karen and I sit in silence together, we make ourselves ready so if one of us speaks, the other can hear. So keep doing what you need to hear. So what is that? Keep reading the Bible. Because God has spoken and continues to speak through the Bible. Keep reading the Bible. Hebrews chapter 4. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, 
for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, and that the woman of God may be complete, uh, ready, equipped for every good work. The Bible is how, how God speaks to us. It's the primary way God speaks. And sometimes God is silent because we're not reading the book. You know, God won't often speak to you if you're not reading the Bible. We need to know this book. You know, how do I know that God doesn't want me to kill Stephen, my good friend in the sound booth? You know, if there's a voice from heaven and an angel comes to me and says, Thou shalt smite Stephen mightily. How do I know that that is a demon, not an angel? Because the book says, Love thou Stephen. Uh, do not smite him. Well, it's here somewhere. Uh, but, it, it, you know, it says don't kill. So we know this. You've got to have the book. So keep reading the Bible. Get in the Word. If you don't like reading it, get the Bible. Get, it on, uh, get an audio Bible. It tells you how old I am. So my first thought was, get the Bible on cassette. Who does that anymore? Cassettes are coming back in. Then it's like, get the Bible on CD. No, that's not right. Uh, oh, yeah, get an audio Bible. That's it, an audio Bible. Oh, uh, gosh, Lord save me. So, <laughs> or YouTube Bible. <laughs> uh, and make sure it's a good translation, too. One of the reasons why we use the ESV. It's so reliable. Okay, so that's, that's the first part of keep on doing what you need to hear God. Keep reading the Bible. Second thing, keep worshiping and trusting. You notice that with David. Now David, when he was praying the prayer, you know, he says, God, oh, don't, be, don't keep on being silent. I want to hear you. I need to hear you speak. And then before he finishes the prayer, he's saying, God has answered me. Well, God didn't answer him that fast. What was he doing? He's praying in faith. He's worshiping the Lord in faith. He's trusting that he knows God, and the God he knows from the Scriptures, that's the God who answers and who will answer him, even if he's silent. So you've got to keep worshiping. You've got to keep on trusting the Lord and keep listening. Keep listening. And to do that, you need to make quiet time with God. Even if God, you don't feel like he's speaking, you sit down, you be quiet before the Lord. Read the Bible a bit, but spend some quality time hanging with the Lord. It's really essential, especially if you don't think God is speaking to you. If it feels like God is keeping silent, then you really need to make time to listen. You really must make time to listen. To hear. And number three, remember that in the cross, God is always speaking. The cross of Jesus Christ is always 
speaking to us. The cross is always speaking. The cross speaks how God loves you. The cross speaks how God calls you to serve him, to follow him. The cross is a visible demonstration that God loves you and he wants you to be with him. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to have friendship with you. The cross also is a continual challenge. It shows how God challenges you. In the cross, God challenges the way we live. He challenges our lives. He challenges us to make sure that we walk in holiness and truth. And the cross speaks how God's power and God's wisdom gives us life. Not only life in this world, but life in the next. When God seems silent, the cross is always speaking to us. And the words of the cross are comforting, they're loving, and they're challenging. But the cross always speaks. So listen, listen to the cross. God really does love us. And whether you hear him all the time or you haven't heard him for a long time, he still loves you. When God seems silent, understand God is not changed in his love for you. God is not changed in his will for your life. God has not changed his promises over your life. God has not changed in his feelings toward you. God has not changed in terms of your eternal destiny. God loves you. And God is speaking. God is speaking. Even when he seems silent, God is speaking his love for us in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you do speak to us. Even when it seems like you've been silent, you're speaking to us. And we love you, and we worship you, and honor you for that. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.